sipping on sponge cake, watching the sun bake. Oh, man. Now, this, <laughs> this unfortunately... Tis the season, bitches. It's summer, summertime. This is a musician I Stepped have heard of. pop top. Named Blue Jimmy Buffett. Flip I, I didn't know that <laughs> Jimmy Buffett was here today in studio. Listen, let me tell you something. Uh-huh. I mention this to my friends all the time, and it, it it is really a thorn in my side. Okay. If I thought for one second that at any point in my life I could sing a song about a fucking hamburger or a fucking hot dog or a grilled cheese sandwich, for that matter, and make millions of dollars, I would do it. Why, what, why are we fuck-ups? Brad, why are you a fuck-up? Yeah, I don't know. I've asked myself <laughs> that many I times. Mean, for not writing cheeseburger yes. in paradise? Yes, yes. Yes, this is literally a song that's like, I like lettuce and tomato. I mean, it is fucked. <laughs> this is a song. Yeah, because then I'd be rich on one song, Thank and then you. I could sit back and have the money to make all my bullshit art. I mean, it's the truth. And it's literally just like him singing about a fucking hamburger, people. Whoa. Anyway, it makes me feel crazy. Yeah, I can't even it's... imagine being a musician and, and actually ever listening to that song. And then people it's love it. Rough. They love it. They love it. They can't get enough of it. But for parrot heads, it's more about the vibes, right? Just like, yeah, we're just going to dig our toes into the sand and sip yeah, on our watch this. Bud Light with lime and, and wear this, our colorful I'd shirts. I like sandwiches with cheese and white bread. They're Whoa. really delicious when I put them in ketchup. I like potato chips. How is that any fucking different? Whoa, whoa, whoa. How is what I did any fucking different? And I want my money. Show me the money. Uh <laughs> Well, for the listener at home, you can't see this, but what's happened right now is a bunch of well-dressed executives have just entered the control room with Brad. I guess it's called a control room. I don't know. They have their checkbooks out. Yeah. One of them has a briefcase full of money, and they, he's saying he wants to buy the grilled cheese sandwich song. Well, I think you may have made your millions, uh, Rachel Morgan, co-host of the Side Talks podcast. Oh, I know, I know. Here we go. I can't wait to, you know, for all of the love to come my way, and I'm gonna start a whole. I'm gonna start a whole tribe, and then I'm gonna open up subdivisions with my, you know, named after that song. Or you could open, you know, a delightful chain of fast casual restaurants have y'all seen the crocs this is the song that la- that launched a thousand crocs have y'all seen the crocs they have fucking margaritaville crocs they are crocs that have a sa- shaker of salt on them <laughs> a lime wedge on them stuck on them and what let me speaking of spending a lot of time you know trying to 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 watch videos that that focus on taylor swift uh-huh. you know they, go read the r- reviews of these crocs because there are many, and it will. It, I I haven't laughed so hard in the last three months, at least, as reading these reviews oh. of the Crocs about how the si- the, sh- the sh- shaker of salt is actually now truly a lost shaker of salt because it doesn't stay on the Croc. Oh no! Uh-huh. Oh well. Anyway, what's there up, Ding Dogs? Some future Boom. reading. Got it in there. there this are. is Corey Kraft. This is the Side Talks podcast. This is the Parrot Ed podcast, mm-hmm. y'all. Let's get talking about Margaritaville, please. <laughs> So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called Phone a Friend, where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hello? Lisa. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, it works. Yay. Oh, my God. Are you living on sponge cake? <laughs> um, relatively speaking. Yeah, I am. Okay, well, I want to let everybody know that you're in Mexico 
party party time so it may be a little bit of a tough connection but we still need to know what you've been watching you know and by the way i'm here just it's just me and brad today no Corey. he himself oh yeah i thought that that was gonna be the case everyone's on permanent vacation dude where is he? I thought he was somewhere exotic. Was he in Italy or something? I have no idea. He's all over damn Europe. But yeah, he's in Italy. He's, he slacked something the other day, though, that said he was wearing his sidewalk T-shirt out. And somebody approached him and was like, is that the sidewalk, as in the Sidewalk Film Festival? Um, it was somebody from Birmingham. No, in Europe? Yes, famous. We're famous, what? Lisa. Super famous. A, almost the exact happened in Florence, Italy. Um, some lady, some like alumni from UA saw... Guess who? Nick Saban in Florence, <laughs> Italy, and he had a little tiny embroidered A roll tied on his um, shirt, and so she knew it. And she saw him, but yes, that confirmed it. And she gave him a roll tied. Is yeah, thank Corian. Good luck. That's so cool. Oh my gosh, we're lose. Are you hearing that, Brad? Are we losing her? I think so. Can you walk away from the island, away from the margarita, man? I mean, we oh, wait, underst- okay. we understood what happened. Like we understood the essence that Nick. It was Nick Saban. We're basically Nick Saban, is what you're saying. Sidewalk is basically Nick Saban. Yeah, you're Nick Saban. Okay, I'm right by the TP link with antennas. Okay. That- well, let's hope for the best. This is this has been an, um, a a fun one to try to catch. Well, tell me what you've been watching, and I will stop you if it sounds like you're falling apart. Okay. So is everything okay at the moment? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, well, all right, so this one is, this was, I, this is not very Mexican, so I watched this, you know, the other day, before we came, but, um, okay, you may remember I watched a movie called Crawl Space. I, re- I clearly remember Peter. Crawl Space, yes, clearly uh-huh, remember. Uh-huh, uh-huh, from 2012. Okay, guess what, there is an entirely different movie called Crawl Space from 2022. Wait, and same exact name? Yes. But oh. here's what's so good. It's the problem with the other crawl space. It wasn't ever in the crawl space. He was, like, in the attic, and he was lurking around, right. like, nooks and crannies. This one is literally in the crawl space, and it's so good. <laughs> and, well, I mean, it's bad. Like, it works. It really works. And I was, okay, so let me just, I didn't, I, I assume you haven't seen this, right? I haven't seen it, but um, you know you know how I get. I just want to get out of the space. I, like, you know how I am about one location things. I'm like, when are we leaving the rim? Okay, well, that's, but, okay, so he is in the crawl space a lot. But, okay, let me it. So, first of all. There's, like, baggy poachers, smuggler, drug guys that don't know each other. There's, like, an empty duffel bag. I thought it was going to have money in it, but it doesn't. And, you know, all And to a nice family man. Uh, okay, and so the wife, apparently he's, like, a do-gooder guy. And the wife says something like, you can't keep running around like some septic tank Robin Hood. So oh. they got to do So uh-huh. he's, like, doing work folks and not charging them. Good, but anyway, they have a new baby. It's, you know, it, it, she needs stability. And then, um, as he drives away to go to an appointment, he looks himself in the um his eyes in the rearview mirror and he's doing the tank. So that's like the vibe. Um, and then okay, so yeah. Well, hold on, we're losing you. We're losing you. Let me pause for. Let's pause, Brad. Can we pause for one second? Sure. Hello. Oh my gosh, I can hear you, but hopefully, it, hopefully this works better. Um. Okay. Well. Um. Let's see. Well, I was just talking about how this. Um. He, okay. So let's see. We had a bunch of poacher smuggler guys killing each other, being yep. all drama over an empty duffel bag. Yep. And then, 
now we've got um, this wholesome family man. The wife is annoyed because he's being like septic tank Robin Hood running around. <laughs> you know, they have a bad day. He needs to provide and he's just like, you know, too good of a dude is apparently the vibe. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And then there's, he's even at the gas station at one point, he's chatting with the local cop and he says, did the good guys ever win? And the local cop guy says, I hope they do blah, 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 something, something, John Wayne. What? Why? So it, I don't know. John Wayne, he's a, uh, he's a good guy, apparently, oh, according to the oh, okay. local police man. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and then coming around the time, he says, this feels like a secret Christian movie. <gasps> and Is it propaganda? I, was, I know. But, okay, I thought we, say, okay, so then, all right, so then there's a, a, a sheriff, a female sheriff, and a recognize her voice. Oh, yeah. And this will blow your mind a little bit. It was Jocelyn from Schitt's Creek. Oh. Well, okay. Yep. Wow. I know. She has movies. The movies. Wow. So, so then, which made, that made me think it must be actually Canadian. Um, and, you know, that's maybe that's a good the wholesome point. Canadian-ness Lisa, that's making it seem Christian. It's not Christian propaganda. It's Canadian. Right. It's just Canadian. Because, yeah, Canadian or Christian. So that really kind of answered some questions for us. We started looking at where it was produced. And, yeah, it's like in Vancouver. So that explained a lot. Um, but shortly after that, one of the bad guys did grind up a pill and snort it. So I was confirmed. <laughs> that confirmed it. That it was it's no longer a Christian. It was 100% just Canadian, I guess. Canadian. 100% uh-huh. it's Canadian. <laughs> Um, okay, so here's where it starts getting good. Because, okay, this is a B movie, and it's one of those, you think it's Christian for a minute, but it's actually Canadian. But it is, I was still engaged. I was, like, in there because, okay, so this dude goes to this house, goes into the titular crawl space, and starts doing plumbing, and he's, like, talking to himself, and there's a plumbing right. montage and the whole thing. Then, okay, so these bad guys come to this house because this is apparently this dude who owns the house is wrapped up in the whole, you know, drama with the drugs and the, the whole bag and stuff. So the bad guys go around looking for the bag of money, and then they see a plumber emerge from the titular location, and <laughs> they shoot him with an arrow, which <laughs> is very on theme with the Robin Hood motif, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't see that okay, coming, but, but okay. Wait. Well, so he's down there struggling, and he's doing, he's very handy, and he's very, you know, um, capable, so he starts fixing up his wound and everything, and then... Okay, it turns into what's very similar to the last time we saw the Cross Space, a movie named Cross Space from 2012, the Stephen Weber one. Um, a lot of homeowner horror moments, and yeah. they're so good. Okay, so this was briefly shown in the trailer, so we were, you know, exciting, excitedly anticipating it, um, and it did not disappoint. It was better than we could have imagined, but okay, the plumber guy takes a screwdriver and a screw and he somehow like I still don't know how he actually did this because the guy is on the floor above him like he can hear where they're walking but I mean can you pinpoint exactly where someone's stepping I don't know I think he was looking through the cracks you know anyway um he does use a screw and screwed through the guy's boot and screwed him to the floor and it was so <laughs> insane looking I, well, I mean that, I that so should happen more in movies boots. that should happen more it was, yeah because it wasn't just a nail like he was like he was screwed onto it like they had to like I don't know. I, it was, I honestly had to look away because it was really, it was pretty good. But I was really glad it was covered by the boots because it was disturbing. And then there's, um, let's see. Okay, at one point he lit a bundle of money on fire and threw it up via a grate in the floor so that he could try and start a fire and, like, spook him and he was going to burn all the money. Damn. Um, and then he actually used a teeny tiny mirror 
to spy on them, which I don't know, I guess, is that a thing plumbers have to like look around corners or something and pipe for clogs? I mean, maybe this all sounds like somebody watched too many episodes of MacGyver. Well, and I, one of the reviews I read called it Home Alone with Blood, which I do yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, good yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. And, you know, Canadian Home Alone okay, with Blood. And so, unlike the Attic Person movie, it's it's like that one was so ridiculous because he was just creeping around and it wasn't as plausible. Like he, this one just made a lot more sense because he wasn't living there. He wasn't being a creeper. He was just a dude working there for the day. He had a job and he happened to have a lot of tools, but handy. So I think this one, the setup was a lot more logical and like less over the top. Right. Right. But um, yeah. So it was like you, yeah, your root form. Okay, so here's the very best part, though. He, when you think that there are no more clever ways for him to be like homeowner handy and bite back, he freaking duct taped or drilled it to the back of his hand to form an improvised Wolverine claw. <laughs> Amazing. So good. Man. Corey would have really liked that part. Yeah, he would. That's, um, that's pretty, that's up there for me. Yeah, it was very much a tradesman tool attack. Um, and then, okay, so then um, I think one of the bad dudes goes down in the crawl space to try and get him, and he has a shotgun, and then this guy like, fights him off, and he bends the shotgun. But then this guy, he ties up the, the bad guy. He wound up overpowering him, but then he was like, I need the shotgun to get the other guy. But it was bent, so he improvised, and this is his bread and butter. He used a pipe. He used one of his own pipes to, like, refit the bent part of the shotgun. Like, isn't that insane? Holy shit. I know. This doesn't have it all. I was riveted. I mean, I knew he was going to win in the end. It was that kind of thing. I'm like, he's got the baby and all that. But still, I was. it was fun to watch him, you know, fight these bad dudes off. And, um, I don't know. And then did he find the- I'm not convinced. Yeah. What percentage of this thing is actually in the crawl, in one location? What percentage? I would say that between the upstairs cabin shots and the under crawl space shots, I'd say we were 80% of the that's you're losing me there. You know what I mean. You know because how I am. Me? I want to get out of these rooms. One, I know, I know. There was, we talked back to okay. Oh, also, I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but the feds are in town because of course they are of all the like drug money. So the feds are in town. So a lot of shots back with the local police. You know, John Wayne fan type, Jocelyn from Schitt's Creek, and then the feds and the drugs and the yeah. So there's, there's some town. Um, and then this is the wife with the baby. Oh, and she, by the way, happens to be like an accountant at the big, um, what's the thing? It's like a tree milling. It's like very Twin Peaksy vibes. It's like there's a tree factory. I don't know. They mill things. Oh, like a paper mill? And no, more like a sawmill. Yeah. And I'm just, you're right. I'm just yeah. picturing and the one in Twin Peaks. That'll work. Yeah. So it's like Twin Peaks, but also Home Alone. But you're right. Maybe there's a little too much crawl space for you. Yeah, probably. But I mean, I'm just liking it. The homeowner horror, that always wins for me. I really like when someone's very improvisational with their weapons. Like Wolverine Claw out of Drill Bits. It didn't actually work out for him too well, but still, it was cool to attempt. You know, I made this suggestion. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, in the final blow, he um, he used a pipe wrench, which I guess would be like a signature weapon, um, to hit the last bad guy. And then he says, I'm a plumber. I deal with pieces of shit all day long. Oh, no. Isn't that good? <laughs> this movie was <laughs> so all... Good. It's like, if you're a plumber, this movie is for you, for sure. You Absolutely. You will, like, love it. It's so and this movie might have been written completely around somebody having written that line. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I feel like yeah. this whole movie could just service that line. So, yeah, exactly. 
And I was saying, I did. I can't remember. Did you ever? Maybe you did, and even talked about it. I cannot remember. Did you? Did you ever watch Pacific Heights? No. That's the no. yeah. I I I think that you might like it because you do seem to like this like homeowner themed. We got to figure out uh-huh, what resources we have. People trying to home <laughs> invade kind of theme, and it is it's pretty pretty good. I think it's like Melanie Griffith okay, well, yeah. and um, what's his name, creepy Batman guy, Tim Burton's best friend, Michael, whatever. Douglas? No, not the Great American Bird. I mean, Keaton, 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 Keaton. Yes. So yeah. I think I'm, that's going to be a recommendation. I'm going to recommend okay. that. Well, the last time when I watched the other crawl space from that, y'all told me about Hider in the House, which I oh, love. That's right. That's right. So now this crawl space is, um, you know, begotting another film. So there's apparently a lot in this genre that I do apparently really seem to like. You're right. It's almost like a chain. We could do a double feature of crawl space and crawl space, and then maybe a triple <laughs> feature with Pacific Heights. But you take a look. Oh, you and Tony take a look. Let me know if y'all like it or not. Um, and also okay. the next time we talk, we're expecting some kind of like, it, it doesn't have to be like totally Mexico themed, but I feel like it needs to be vacay. Yeah. It needs to be vacay. Yeah. I need some pina coladas. Totally. I need some beach. I need, some, you know, something like that. Yes, yes, yes. I will bring the flavor, so to speak. Cool. Well, go get back um, in your hot tub and I will talk to you soon. Y'all be safe. Safe travels, okay, dude. All bye. right. Bye. Adios. Bye. Oh, adios. Bye. Adios. Show me that Sean, tell me that smile. Don't waste another minute on your crying. Look what I got. You have some old uh, teeny bopper magazines here. Yes, show and tell our very visual segment of the podcast, which everybody appreciates. What have you, what have you got there? I, I, I earmarked a couple of them. So I have an issue of 16 magazine from February 1988. Look at the back cover of that thing. Look at Little River Phoenix. Oh, we there just he is. I brought these because we just talked about uh Stand by Me. That's right. And of course this is when River Phoenix was alive and well and with us and um and there's some Will Wheaton in these too, but so they caught my eye and I thought I'd bring them. They're not as good as I thought they would be in regards to just sort of like real true, you know, content that's that's enjoyable but this has my name on the cover at least yeah. it says Corey, i divorced my parents the true shocker it's referring of course to Corey feldman not yeah. Corey craft uh this cover also has most prominently a big picture of the great and totally non-problematic kirk cameron he was um, a big heartthrob he, in the day. I remember those days. You know, he was not only, of course, the the uh, Growing Pains guy, but but after Growing Pains, I think he was a pretty big Disney Channel guy because yeah, he knew his, about he right. knew his audience for sure. But we've also got um, you know another little picture of River Phoenix, Sean Astin, teenage Sean Astin. Uh, and Bon Jovi, because why not? Those why not? All go together. But, Handsome gentleman. And then the issue of Bop is from June 1991, and this has all, all uh, so many people on it. It has a few of the new kids from the block. It has Paula Abdul. It has Vanilla Ice, and of course. Balthazar Getty. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I brought that one. So if you will flip to the little, the, the, where I've dog, not dog-eared it, but I've marked it there. Got a for, for some here. fun oh facts God. about about little bitty Balthazar Getty, that heartthrob, 
look at him there. He he's got to pull out on one side, right? Yeah. But but you know, read to us a little bit. Maybe just kind of skip through some of the some of the facts. There are fun, and some are not so fun. The headline here is setting the record straight about Balthazar Getty. Okay, when an actor is as talented and handsome as this brown-eyed fella. And it is spelled fella, F-E-L-L-A. Yeah, of course. There are bound to be questions that loyal fans need answered. The first question. Are Balthazar and Drew Barrymore really dating or That's not? That's what I've been wanting to know. And uh, the answer there is, despite the fact that these well-known pals are often seen together attending Hollywood events, Balty and Drew are simply good friends. Honestly, is the next word with an exclamation point. The pair enjoys being together and sees nothing wrong with a guy and gal hanging out without being boyfriend and girlfriend. Of course. Maybe they have an open relationship. Um, besides, Drew saves her romantic affections for her current beau, Leland Hayward, a sound engineering student. <laughs> I really love him, exclaims Drew. Balthazar, meanwhile, remains unattached. I don't know if that's still true yeah, but let me just say let me just say if you're a sound engineering student and you were dating drew barrymore good on you yeah that guy's just like hit the jackpot totally and oh know. man good for him um okay so next my friend says that balthazar was a millionaire even before he started acting is she right yes <laughs> um he is a getty uh that's my editorializing not the magazine um but I love this. Um, yes, his grandfather, his great grandfather, was the famous oil magnate Jay Paul Getty um, of all the money in the world fame. Right. Um, but this doesn't mean that the brown-haired actor is spoiled. <clears throat> Bullshit. Quote: Sometimes my friends tease me, though. Laughs Balti, especially when I ask to borrow money from them. Womp womp. You spend it all on cocaine. Ooh, allegedly. That we don't know that for sure. I'd put- <laughs> This is satire. Um, This is not actionable in court. Uh, The name Balthazar is so unusual. Does it mean something in another language? It means I'm super rich and I I can have any name I want and my parents went with Balthazar. Well, it's also biblical. They must have just been like, yeah. They flipped flipped that book open. What what name isn't biblical? Yeah, fair enough. Corey. (laughs) That's one um, that I know. Corangemus is where that comes from. Balthazar was one of the three wise men who brought gifts to the newborn baby Jesus. Yeah, we know. Some of us went to Sunday school, like a lot, when we were kids. Um, But I guess if you subscribe to Bob. I wonder if that one was a Balti, too. Yeah. Anyway, if you notice on the other one, I don't know if there's anything else I don't know. What's the last kind of little column there? What was the last little? Yeah. Uh, What types of entertainment does Balthazar enjoy? When it comes time to crank up some tunes, nothing pleases this Los Angeles resident more than rock and roll music. Yeah. Whoa. Especially songs by the groups Guns N' Roses and Led Zeppelin. Balti's other entertainment favorites include the films Empire of the Sun, good movie, (laughs) and Lean on Me, which I've never seen. The TV show Cheers, okay. I wouldn't have guessed that. uh, And going out for Mexican food, same. Oh, we could be friends, me and this 50-something-year-old Balthazar Getty at this point. Well, if you want to look in the other oh magazine goodness. there in the 16, the one you're reading right now is not a 16 magazine, though, right? No, that this is, is a bop. bop. 
So we're so, going back in time to February 1988, and we have some more marks. Yeah, earmarked a couple of things. Oh, Lord. This is my favorite find in these two magazines because okay. it is really not stood the test of time. You want to kind of outline this for us and read it? So we have a pullout of, of Johnny Depp here. Uh, maybe you've heard of him. Um, and the opposite page, is the headline is Johnny Depp Confidential. The subhead reads... Here stands the star of 21 Jump Street, accused of a heinous crime. Is he guilty? You be the judge. Eek. (laughs) How could I have found anything better? The crime that he is alleged to have been, um, uh, to have committed here is being super charming. Actually, (laughs) uh, below it, it says he is accused of stealing hearts. Oh. The suspect is known to have captured and kept the hearts of young, unsuspecting females across state lines. That Yikes. last edition there is is a little off-putting. Um, yeah, he's also, and I don't know if, if you, dear listener, oh, have kept reading. up with the news, but he's also, uh, in more recent days, been accused of other stuff. Keep um, reading. Okay, his modus operandi. Suspect operates on Sunday evenings by portraying a sweet, sensitive, and caring undercover cop. Slyly, he worms his way into the tender feelings of innocent viewers. (laughs) By hour's end, he's got them hooked. Uh, Previous convictions. Oh, Lord. Uh, High school mischief maker played rock and roll very loudly all over Florida and parts of Los Angeles. Struck his wife, Amber Hurt. No, wait, that's... No, sorry. That's not written here. How'd that Um, get in there? Yeah. So this is from years ago. Okay. Um, Let's see. What else? His uh, motive uh, to be the most popular star on television and parlay that into rock and movie stardom. Well, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember when he tried to start that band, y'all? Yeah. And how how upsetting that was? Very. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. I mean, when you're Johnny Depp, I guess you I do guess. what you want, clearly. Uh, this is when he was 24 years old, by yeah, the way. Yeah, anyway, yeah. the verdict... Guilty as charged. Yep. A verdict How that he wish. has not heard recently. Okay. So last thing in here. Uh-huh. And it's a quick one. Okay. But I earmarked a page here of something I really love, which if you'll look on that page is quote of the week. If you would if you would guide your eyes down to quote of the week, it's absolutely my favorite thing. I love this. All right. And the quote is, and I'm going to read this quote. A cousin of Tom's in sixth grade told us that the day after the wedding, all the girls wore black armbands to school. And that was said by Mimi Rogers on her marriage to Tom Cruise. And as we know, those crazy kids are still making it today. Uh, What's that? Oh, I'm getting uh, news that um, that's not true. And... Uh, there's a whole lot of weird something else about, I don't know what the sign, sign what? Okay. We don't have time to get into that. Um, even though Mimi Rogers introduced him to Scientology. Oh, but to have been present on the day when these young women wore black armbands to signal that they had lost Thomas fucking Cruz to Mimi Rogers. Really wish I'd been there for that. Do you know what my frame of reference for Mimi Rogers is? It's not Tom Cruise's ex-wife. Right. It's. The mom in the Lost in Space movie from 1998 and a guest role on a couple episodes in later seasons of The X-Files. Fair. 
Yeah. And past that, I don't know. Oh, I saw that movie, The Rapture. She's in that, right? I feel like that's also Tom Cruise's reference for her. Yeah. You think he's just like, Mimi, I just saw The X-Files. You were on it. Because uh, it was like while he was in London no, filming I th- Eyes I think Shut. it was on in the background. He goes, she looks familiar. Huh. Do I know her? I haven't well, seen her at Sea Org. <laughs> there you go. Scientology that was, jokes, uh, folks. That was some some news from yonder year and uh boy it really it's all stood the test of time yeah i was one year and three months old when this magazine came out yeah i was a little older than that yeah i wasn't wearing a black armband yet but you know yeah yeah uh i might have been oddly enough you might have uh these are fantastic by the way i i love everything about this what what you can't see listeners is um in one of the magazines in the centerfold the centerfold folds out and just think about this the centerfold and it's all the it's all the guys from lost boys looking handsome look at sexy john cougar melon sexy is an interesting word to use to describe that i mean look at him he's got he's definitely got a sleeveless shirt he's got a sleeveless shirt on maybe that's what i meant he's not not sexy he's just He's just exposing his, his hands arms. in his pocket, and uh, yeah. Wow! And there's a there's a whole feature on Chad Allen. There's Chad exactly. Allen, folks. There's a blast from the past. Okay, that's enough from from sixteen and Bop. But I love these so. If you ever much. see one in the wild? Send it to us, please. Julia Roberts, small town ways. Despite her big star status, this quote, pretty woman, is proud of her small town values. Oh. We might have to take these away from Corey, that's actually. That's filled with all kinds of code and language. <laughs> She's a Republican. That's what that means. Uh, or she was in 1991. Okay. Well, that's enough from these. Uh, I, <laughs> but um, all of this, by the way, satire, we don't know. Allegedly, allegedly, nobody's been convicted in a court of law of anything. Uh, not even Johnny Depp, somehow. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic, Raquel and Barbie. Do you oh, know well, about this? I kn- um, unless these are referring to people like musicians I've never been exposed to. So, is Barbie, are you referring to the doll? The doll. So I don't, I've I heard really, of, I've heard I'm, of her. I have to tell you, I don't know anything about Barbie. So my, my mom is a feminist. Uh-huh. And when I was a kid, my mom did, did this thing where it was like, we're very sort of, um, raised in, in a very genderless genderqueer sure. if you will environment where she was like you don't have to be it doesn't have to be pink or blue uh-huh. you know that's all marketing anyway right but she's like people can go with a yellow or a green you know? and so it was sort of that and so I never got taken down the pink aisle you know it was always right, sort right, of right. like you know that's there's no reason for that kind of, of, of gender and you never movement. chose to gravitate in that direction never did that on my own yeah. never you know obviously you know me being who I am just didn't didn't pull sure. that direction and, and it didn't aesthetically it didn't dazzle me like it did I, I get I get why some people you know we're all drawn to certain things and it's like horse girls or horse, horse girls for a reason I don't relate to them either I never saw a horse and was like oh pretty I was like eh, whatever <laughs> I like animals but like I don't need to, to brush that fucking hair on that horse so anyway I don't know shit about Barbie but what I did learn today when I thought it's the bar- everybody's in Barbie mode that's right, right. So bar- got Barbie fever and what I learned today is that Raquel Sherwood is a main character and frenemy as well as an occasional antagonist and Barbie, life in the dream house, whatever the hell that oh, is. Oh, I could tell you about some of this. Everything I've learned about these, there, there is a slate yeah. of direct-to-DVD 
animated, and I use that word loosely, Barbie movies from the early to mid-2000s, and my students are fucking obsessed this with This is them. so weird. I had no idea. So, is this something they watched when they were young? Yes. Okay. And, and so the most noteworthy of these, I'm told, is a movie called Barbie in the Princess and the Pauper. And I've heard of this. This is this is by all accounts the Citizen Kane of direct to DVD <laughs> computer generated um, Barbie movies. Uh, a total bad movie can- night candidate, by okay. the way. Especially well, especially with what we've got on the horizon because we are planning to put Barbie on the screen at the Sidewalk Cinema, July twenty first. We literally folks. had employees say, and I know they were joking, but there was still a "I will quit" from Casey if you don't if we don't program Barbie. So this is nuts, y'all. Y'all got Barbie fever. Greta Gerwig better bring it uh, the, the the images that they've released you know look fun and cool but yeah i'm I, this is not my thing y'all we're gonna put it on screen it's not my thing and, so so the conceit yeah. in these animated yeah, movies is that barbie you know the character that we know and love is playing the roles in this case of the princess and the pauper you know but she's got like brown hair or whatever is the pauper yeah. um they look the same uh, and they swap places and there's cats and stuff and it's, you know it's cute um but i as far as i recall there are other movies where this raquel character plays the antagonist roles including i i expect in this yep. dream house thing yeah, that's what it sounds like um and what I, the other, only other thing i really know is that Raquel lives in Raquel Mansion, as one would expect, yeah. I suppose. I named um, my mansion after myself as well. Yeah, so I also just... live in Raquel Mansion. It's close <laughs> enough. And so, she, and she's trying to kind of consistently prove to Ken that she is better than her enemy Barbie, Barbie, so that she can win him over. So this is a bit of a like trying to get a man grab. Girl, Ken only has eyes for Barbie. We all know this. What are you trying to do? Uh, win him over. But I appreciate the use of the word frenemy. She's sometimes, I guess, Barbie's friend, probably because Barbie's just so perfect that She's she can't possibly be mean to anybody. So right decent now. and good that Raquel can't help but be won over by her. Well, I my name starts with an R. I don't really know as much about Barbie, clearly, as you do. So I'm going to be Raquel and you can be Barbie. Well, that fits with my blonde hair and hourglass figure. There you go. So... Um, Hourglass is one way to put it. Uh, yeah. Q-tip is another. <laughs> I mean, anyway, uh, thank you for listening to Side Talks Podcast. Thanks to Batwell Studios. We appreciate you, Brad. Thank you. Look, I appreciate my my own curves. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, Fleshy. And if you want to see Barbie or any other movie that we are showing at the Sidewalk Cinema, and we hope that you do, because we've got some real exciting stuff coming up in the, in the do, summer we months. Do. We've got Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. We've got a shout film week to coincide with, um, with Pride Month in June uh, and a lot of other exciting stuff coming up. Um, go to SidewalkFest.com. Uh, or check us out online on social media at Sidewalk Film on places like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can see the latest news of what we're doing at the cinema. You can get your tickets. And, of course, you can also keep up with the newest developments on the 25th Annual Sidewalk Film Festival, which, of course, will be in downtown Birmingham the last week of August. Get your passes now, folks. We've got so many movies in store for you. So many parties and panels and special events and exciting things coming down the pipeline. You'll want to take part. Don't be a Raquel here, folks. Be a Barbie. Get your passes to the Sidewalk Film Festival now. Batwell Studios Podcast Division.
Your words, our expertise.